Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Yucca. And today we are going to talk about that ever-present question, <laughs> am I a good pagan? And not meaning me personally, but, you know, for each of us as a pagan asking ourselves, am I a good pagan? Am I, am I doing this right? And we're going to get to that in a minute. And it's a very interesting conversation with a lot of things to be said. But before we do that, we need to say something about what's happening with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Right. And we should also mention the time of recording right now. We are recording Saturday night. So a lot might happen tomorrow sunday between and then monday between when you'll actually be listening to this or whenever it is that you're listening so just bear in mind that that we only know what has happened since saturday evening that's right yeah that's right yeah and things are moving very fast so it's likely that there will be new developments between now and then but obviously we're appalled Mm -hmm. by this unwarranted baseless invasion there's a lot to be said about it the the level of personal upset to see a despot just exercising raw power and invading another western country is it's bizarre it hasn't really happened in europe in a in a substantive way since the end of world war ii and it is very similar World War II in a, in a number of very disturbing ways. Yeah. Well, and and even just setting all of that aside, just the the amount of pain and the amount of human pain right now, just for you know not thinking about sides or any of that, but just how much suffering is happening, and you know, none of it's necessary. Right. It's all. Yeah. It was all chosen. Rather than, I mean, suffering happens in the world. Suffering happens to people, but none of this had to happen. It's all happened because one dude chose to make it happen. Yeah, I know that people in the Ethiopian community have been very upset about this. What feeling helpless and wondering what to do? You know, doing rituals of solidarity and you know that kind of help them feel like they're able to do something and also doing substantive actions to actually help the people of ukraine Mm -hmm. Um, both are important both are living with the horror of this is something that even those of us that are not on the front lines have to do and we may be very privileged not to be on the front line but that doesn't mean we're not impacted yeah we, and we need to we are. take care of ourselves just because we deserve to take care of ourselves, but also we can do a better job in the world helping when we're coming from a more balanced place. Yes. When we're not quite as, as frazzled and, and all of that. Yes, exactly. And when we are in our centered place, we can also make wiser decisions. about how to help you know because there's a part of me that's just like 
we need to take the 82nd Airborne over there and <laughs> just kick the living snot out of Putin in order to prevent him from doing this and make sure that he doesn't do it anywhere else. But that probably isn't the wisest <laughs> yeah. that I have for creating war between two nuclear powers. So, you know, those rituals can actually help people to get to that wise self mm -hmm. where they are able to make more calm and measured decisions. Yeah. So before we move on to the topic of the day, we did want to provide people with some resources mm -hmm. um, that they can use to, to make donations to supporting Ukrainians who have been forced to flee their homes. And I have three of them here. The first is called Vostok SOS, and their URL is V as in Victor, O-S-T-O-K hyphen S-O-S dot org forward slash en for the english website they are a ukrainian humanitarian psychological support nonprofit, and that kind of humanitarian support is going to be very important for the ukrainian people mm -hmm. now yeah the second is called people in need which can be found at people in need all one word dot net and that's a check humanitarian nonprofit that is already operating in Ukraine. So they have programs in Ukraine. They're on the ground there. And then finally, there is a, a Ukrainian children's charity called Voices of Children, which can be found at voices.org.ua forward slash en for the English website. And that is, of course, services to children and families. And they we'll can put all, all of use... this. Go ahead. Yes, we'll put all of this. Yeah, in... this is yeah, this is all going to be in the show notes too. So you yeah. can go ahead and click on these. But please continue. So, you know, they need money. That's that's really the need now. The the need is resources. So spare what you can. Because those and little bits, those little bits really do add up. Right? They certainly do. I mean, you know, we have seen so many crowdfunded situations in the United States where millions of dollars have been accumulated in small contributions. We certainly have the wherewithal to do this. And another thing that you can do that was suggested on the Ethiopian Facebook group is you can look for Ukrainian artists on Etsy and buy their stuff. Because one thing that happens in a war zone is that the price of everything skyrockets. Mm. And ordinarily, people can't afford food. They can't afford fuel. Even as they're trying to flee the country, they can't afford gasoline, even if it's available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those, those quick transfers over PayPal into the, the accounts of Ukrainian artists can make a huge difference for them. So that's something else you can consider. Mm. That's that I would have never thought of that. That's a great idea. There's a particular kind of doll called a Mokosh doll. Mm -hmm. Mokosh is a, a Ukrainian goddess, kind of the, the forest mother. And they're these beautiful little dolls. And we can put a link to um, some information about that in the, the show notes as well. But it would be, I mean, having one of those dolls for your altar might be a great thing right now. <laughs> You know, yeah. it might feel good and you would know that you would put that money into the hands of someone whose whose heritage and culture and legacy are endangered of being in danger of being extinguished 
because of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. And recognize that maybe the shipping might be a little bit delayed on it. <laughs> so don't give, don't leave them a bad review for that. <laughs> be, be understanding <laughs> that there's some circumstances that might affect the their ability to ship yes. things to you at the moment. Well, what I'm going to do, because I have a color printer, is I'm going to print out the picture of the doll and put mm -hmm. that on my focus right away. Mm -hmm. And that'll, that'll have to do until get, get you started. Until the comes. Yeah. Yeah. So having said all that, we wish you equanimity as best as possible in, in the face of these terrible world events. And of course, we are thinking and hoping and caring about the Ukrainian yeah. people and everyone else who is negatively impacted by this. I mean, the Soviet conscripts can't be any happier about being forced to do this than on well, their parents and children. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Imagine, I uh, don't even want to go there. Oh, but I yeah. said Soviet. <laughs> it's actually Russian, but <laughs> it tells you kind of how it feels, right? It's the same thing all it's over again. Reminiscent. Yeah. It's, it feels, but yeah. So we're, that our hearts are there right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So am I a good, a question that many of us ask ourselves, honestly, and this topic came about because I got inspired to write, we, we, we did our literary interlude last week with some of the stuff that I've written over time. And thank um, you again for that. That was just so lovely. That was so much fun to do. Thank you so much, Yucca. And I got some very nice comments on it too. So thank you, folks. Um, and as sometimes happens when I dive into my sort of literary side for a while, I got inspired to write on Sunday last week. And particularly, I was thinking about, you know, the dynamic between you and me, Yucca, and how different our lifestyles are, the different ways that we're living our lives. And of course, I'm much later in my life. So my opportunity to sort of drop everything and go a different route is just much more limited right mm -hmm. yeah so i wrote this i wrote this poem called in the belly of the beast and i'll read it now and then talk about what it means in the belly of the beast my leg is caught in the trap i will never be free i will make money and buy my food pay my bills my leg is caught in the trap. I will never be free. I will assume rights to what I have no right to, though I interrogate this over and over. My leg is caught in the trap. I relate to my body as a far country, a vehicle. My wildness is crushed by whiteness and fear. My leg is caught in the trap, but I can see far from this place to a time when the people will understand the love in a vegetable when they will know the beauty that surrounds them, when they will refuse to break it for greed or malice, when those so afflicted will be healed and held by all, loved until the dark dream passes from them and they are restored until with beauty all around, day by day, it is finished. I really do feel that way sometimes. My leg is caught in the trap of capitalism. Mm -hmm. I, I work to make money I buy products, I buy my food, I don't grow it. And so that 
gets my little critic voice going <laughs> and you know saying well you're a bad pagan you you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that you know all of our favorite words should shouldn't be doing that you should be abandoning everything and uh, running off and living in a tree and obviously that's not realistic but it does make me think about what can i do in my lifestyle to be to have less of a footprint even than i'm doing now what can i do to be more closely engaged with the ecosystem around me so we thought that we would talk this episode about well what does it mean to be a good pagan and how do you figure that out for yourself? And what do you do if you don't think you're doing as good a job as you want to? And stuff like that. Right. Well, and, and starting with, as pagans, we don't have a pope. We don't have, you know, some guy telling us and deciding, you know, what it, what does it mean to be a good pagan? Mm -hmm. And that's, one of the first places to start is okay nobody else is telling us which mm -hmm. i personally think is a bonus so now <laughs> now how do we figure it out then right what does it what does that actually mean and and how does that change too and in, in in a changing world right and we should be clear you know we're speaking from the standpoint of a non-theist science-based paganism right mm -hmm. because for many pagans it's like well i'm i'm doing the rituals to the gods i'm worshiping them and that's what they want and so i am being a good pagan that is not our path right um our path is about the earth the the real physical material earth here mm -hmm. um not a romanticized idea of nature but the reality of the fabric of life right being and, better acquainted with it mm -hmm. and being more gentle with it and doing what we can to protect and foster it. Right. It's about our relationship with it. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and, and the rest of what it is, which includes other humans. And right. We often like to do this separation where we're like, oh, here's humans and here's nature. But no, part of, part of the work that we're doing is recognizing that this is all part of the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, and so what that means is that each of us for ourselves has to decide, you know, am I connected enough with nature? Am mm -hmm. I, do I really know enough about the cycles of, of the area where I live? Do I know enough about the creatures who live here? Is that piece important to me or is, or is more of a macro understanding more important about climate and you know plant communities rather than individual species mm -hmm. animal communities because all of those are perfectly legitimate ways to approach being being connected right you know we watch for the days to get longer well that's observing nature right mm -hmm. we notice the phase of the moon that's observing nature we notice when, in my case, the hummingbirds start to come back or, you know, to my feeder or when the white pelicans are going through the Laguna de Santa Rosa, which is a big wetland complex near where I live. Those, that kind of information, that kind of knowledge helps me to feel like I, I have my feet on the ground here. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I have my ear to the ground. I'm, I'm listening for what nature is doing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's an important part of being a science-based paganism. Pagan. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Completely agreed. And, but, and there's also things that we've talked about on this channel before, or this podcast before, is the, some of the values that come along with this, that, that we choose, that we are going to, that we think this is sacred. We think that this is worth trying to embody and protect. Right. Right. So their values and principles. And, and that's something that, as we've talked about before, that individuals, at least in, in this practice, choose for themselves. It's not assigned. Somebody doesn't come in and say, you need to value this, or you need to, you know, believe in this principle. It's something that upon reflection, we come to thinking, okay, what do, what do I really feel? Or what do I want to feel and believe and working towards that? Because there's not always, we're not always there, right? Because we're coming from, we're all coming from this mismatched background of, you know, what cultural influences and family influences and all of these things that we're not even aware of. And sometimes those aren't in line with what we want, but it's a process of, of becoming aware of where we're at and what we want, where we want to be. Right. I want to talk a little bit about the atheopagan principles and four sacred things right now, because mm-hmm. those can look like a dogma. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, it's like, oh, you know, you, you need to beef up on principle four, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. That's really not what they're for. Mm-hmm. What they're for is they're an articulation of a progressive and environmentally conscious worldview. Mm-hmm. And the ethics that go along with, you know, the ethics for behavior that go along with a kind, inclusive, ecological, happy way of living. And so, you know, if, if people just say, well, I'm not interested in the principles and stuff, that's fine. They, they can be non-theist, science-based pagans, you know, pursuing a path that's off on some different thing. They aren't atheopagans. Being an atheopagan means you embrace those principles, but that's okay. There's lots of different paths. Yeah. And let's, let's clarify that again say that, that atheopaganism is one path of, of science-based paganism, right? We're not the only path, but, and that's, that's, that's good. That's fine. Right. It's just a one particular interpretation that we happen to be quite fond of. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. And so if you do embrace those principles, if if those 13 principles and four sacred pillars, if they make sense to you and you read them as so many people do and then come back to me and say, "Oh, wow, it's you yeah. you you put my values on paper. Look at that." If if they really do resonate with you and but you feel like maybe on one or two of them you're kind of dragging your feet or falling down a little bit that creates an opportunity then to improve right Mm -hmm. and opportunities to improve are great yeah it's not about being a bad pagan it's about how do i be a better person and pagan how how do i more closely meet my own value set as i go through my day yeah and i mean you know 
there are so many different ways to do that. I mean, there was a time when I was this guy with a briefcase in a suit wearing a pentacle underneath it, you know, going to lobby congressmen and, you know, members of my state legislature on behalf of environmental policies, right? Mm -hmm. And I was really in the weeds with land use and transportation and water policy and wastewater policy and all that kind of stuff. And to be honest, I was not as connected with the cycles of the land where I am mm -hmm. because I didn't have the time. I was working 60 hour weeks, you know, being an advocate mm -hmm. for what I really cared about. And that was a perfectly legitimate path. So there are lots of different ways that you can do a good paganism. The question is, how do you feel about it? You know, yeah. Do you, do you feel that your, that your practice and your observance and your, the way you're living your life meets your own expectations? If it does, that's great. Mm -hmm. And don't let that critic voice, you know, that we talk about so often, don't let it tear you down. Right. You know, her, heroic expectations of ourselves are unfair. Yeah. And that's, I think we really need to to spend a moment with that, that sometimes what we expect of ourselves is not realistic, right? And we can, and so many times we can think that we're going to, and we're surrounded by this, you know, the, the hero, the hero that does it all, or that, you know, you take care of the, the mom or the whoever who just does everything they do the full career and the kids and the environment and they're saving everything and they're working in a soup kitchen over here and that and you know and all of this and all of those things those are great but also we do have to look at ourselves as as organisms and go what is possible yes right is it is it all possible and and that we're not failures because we can't do all of it we're just real right? right we're not we're not stories we're real people that still have to take care of their physical bodies and have a have a limited number of spoons right, right. we have mental health to consider we have our socioeconomic circumstances to consider you know the the ability to be the mom who does it all is a position requires a position of tremendous privilege yeah, you, you need to be able to have the resources to be able to do the career and the kids and the the volunteer work and the community leadership, all that kind of stuff. And there are people that are able to do that. But I guarantee you, the overwhelming majority of those folks have money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're not saying that they're, you know, bad people for having it or oh, no. bad people, but but that you know, it's not realistic to expect that you're going to be able to do the same things as other, as everyone else, or that you're going to be able to fulfill these, these like godlike ideals that get put out. But we can look at where are we really at and what is really important to us and start to prioritize and, and see, you know, what is going to make the biggest difference for me and what's going to let me move more towards that maybe jumping towards all of whatever it is that you want to do all at once, you know, might not work out, but can you make little changes here and there that right. are going to influence your overall, over, overall well-being? 
right kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning about taking care of ourselves ritually in intense times like this in the world so that we can then be able to come at, at whatever needs needs our attention from a more balanced place right yeah i mean maybe it's just it's as little as i promise myself i'm going to take a walk in nature once a month mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe that's maybe that's as much as it is because you aren't getting in out into nature and you'll find for one thing you may find that you have a hard time limiting it to once a month <laughs> because it's awfully good for you and you can feel a whole lot better after you've had that walk but you know just that little addition you know those those 2 3 hours of of being out in nature breathing fresh air can can fundamentally change your sense of your quality of life and your sense of yourself right because Which can have a domino effect there right for sure because then you have more in the way of resources internally right you have more spoons mm-hmm. yeah and you know there's there's certain themes that we can talk about that we can speak from from our own lives and just you know people in general and that one of getting out in nature and you know even if you're not a nature-based pagan probably just pretty good for all humans you know regardless of their particular views towards nature itself just to to get all of those those benefits of the fresh air and the sunshine and the you know all of that so there's certain things that we can speak to but there's also going to be things that are going to be really individual to your situation your values your goals that you know we can give broad ideas but but it really comes down to you reflecting on your own life and situation yeah because nobody can decide that you are a good or bad person or mm-hmm. or pagan or anything else other than yourself right yeah i mean there there are plenty of disciplines out there where you get external assessment and confirmation of your performance if you want to be a, a competitive figure skater then you're going to deal with people rating how good a competitive figure skater you are mm-hmm. but when it comes to this and this is so personal it's so, you know, our spirituality is so wound up in who we are and our, our sense of ourselves in life and in the universe and our sense of um, belonging and purpose. This, these are decisions that you can really only make for yourself. And so the answer to the question, am I a good pagan, has to be, I am if I think I am. Mm-hmm. I am if I've decided that I am. If I if I give myself a, a 75 on my internal assessment, well, maybe there's something I need to add. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a call that I need to make to my state senator about a bill that I feel really strongly about. Just leave a message at their office. Something that feels like tangible activity outside of my ritual activity and my own relationship with nature. So... <laughs> And oh, if you ahead. decide that, you know, it's not a 75, if you're feeling like it's a 40 or something like that, you, it doesn't make you a bad or unworthy person. It's just that you feel like you have, that you've got a progress to make. And there's something exciting in that, right? Because sure, there's, a, it's there's a journey. Yeah. Look at that. And, and whatever age you're at too. I mean, I think that it, it, even if, 
we don't know how much life we have left, right? Right. We could be in a car accident tomorrow or or something like that. But but if you go if you go down the the route of it's too late to make any change, well then you're just never going to make the change. Like there's not really a a point in doing that because you just won't make the change then. Right. So right. you can that you still have a journey and again you don't get to know where it's going but but you get to to make the steps that you have now and know that yeah there's something something there in the future right yeah right and you know bear in mind i mean especially in western culture we like stories that are kind of tied up with a bow at the end you know Mm -hmm. where all the loose ends are sort of neatly tied off and it's all it's all very very precise and very pretty and they lived happily ever after yes sounds boring well well, it also sounds like a lie because that ain't (laughs) what happens to anybody yeah Uh, relationships are take work they are work and on some days they are not happy and that's okay that's part of the whole deal but you know part of i think part of what really hurts people is the expectation of happily ever after when the work has really just begun as they start a relationship so where was i i don't remember well we had been talking about oh i i know Mm -hmm. about about life as this journey right Mm -hmm. with these with these opportunities to grow and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get to the place that in your i in your highest ideal you might want to get before you die Mm -hmm. and that's okay you know it's okay to have sort of dangling ends and so even if you feel like you don't have very much time left you can still start yeah right you can still begin to pursue the that ideal of what you would like to be doing in your practice and in your life right thank you yeah very well said so we were trying to make a list before we started recording of, you know, from our perspective, what is a good pagan? And it was, it was kind of hard to make that list. I mean, the, what we ended up writing down was working towards a better world and paying attention. That was, right. that was really, those were the core ideas for, for us. And then from there, you know, what are you paying attention to? What does a better world mean to you? You know, what is that work? There's so, there's, there's so much in that. Right. Yeah. And paying attention is both internal and external, right? So you're paying attention to who you are and your own growth, and you're working to foster that and to become a wiser and better person. Right. And, you know, to be honest, wherever somebody is on that, journey as long as i see the effort that they're making to be to be kinder and better and i i give them a pass you know Mm -hmm. for an awful lot just because i can tell that they're trying that that makes that makes a tremendous difference to me in you know assessing the people around me are they trying to grow or are they just defending themselves Mm -hmm. and so that internal work can include your ritual work. It can, can include your meditation practice. It can include your, your tarot practice, any of those kinds of things. And then the external paying attention can be about seasons and cycles and observations and holidays and all those kind of 
communing connection with nature things that we so associate with the pagan witchy archetype, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then there's the working to make the world a better place part. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, this is really hard because, you know, if you have a if you have a job in an office for a bank, for example, and there's nothing wrong with, but it's hard to imagine, you know, how am I contributing to the improvement of the world in some way? Well, you know, maybe, maybe you want to join some organizations, help them to do some good things. Mm -hmm. You want to pick one organization and give to them every month and, you know, get involved as a volunteer and really be an advocate for their mission. Maybe you want to start getting more involved in your local politics, go to your school board meetings and your city council meetings and start paying attention to those kinds of things. There are lots of different entry points for how you can speak up about your vision for a, a world that is good to all of us and to the ecosystem. Right. And, and, and also your, the way that you treat other people, because we're in, incredibly powerful in our social interactions. You know, the, the difference on what your day feels like when someone gave you a sincere, kind smile versus someone just sort of scowled and, and barely paid attention to you. You know, if you're that person who is giving honest, sincere smiles, like it seems like, oh yeah, that's a small thing, but really that can be huge in someone's mm -hmm. life. And the more, and it's a practice, right? The more you practice that, the better the you feel in general in your own life and the, you know, the better people feel around you. And there's just that little, you know, you can be that, the start of yeah. that little ripple, right? So, you know, sometimes it's just, just choices like that of stopping right. for a moment, doing a quick ground and just behaving in, in a more loving way. Yes. And particularly with people that are, that are serving you. Yeah. You can tell a lot about a person by how they treat waiters and baristas and people collecting to uh, tolls at the toll bridge and retail workers cashiers, yeah all all that you know people are absolutely equal to you and to me and to everybody you know we are all equal we're mm -hmm. all human we all deserve dignity and respect and so you know if if you if you struggle with this, then, you know, try to contemplate that, try to sort of fill in in your mind when, when dealing with your kind of frontline service workers, you know, to remember that they have a whole life behind them and, you know, that they're a, a thinking being that has an internal dialogue, just like you do. It, it can be, it can be kind of a revelation to realize as you watch people go around that they're not non-player characters <laughs> that they're they're fully fleshed out human beings with agency and and sovereignty and they're the main, they're the main character in their story exactly yeah exactly so and so what kind of character are you going to be in their story becomes the question mm -hmm. um, are you going to be an ogre or are you going to be a helper <laughs> you know someone who is kind and appreciative for the service that they help you with yeah so uh, there's so much to say about this, but I feel like we've probably arrived at a good point. 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that just a theme again is just that there's again, so many directions to go with it, that there's, there's probably certain directions that you feel more connection with that are going to be right. you know, what's appropriate for your life or meaningful in your life more than others. And, you know, maybe we should come back to some of those specifics at another point, but I just really encourage everyone listening to just think about where in their life, those, you know, where, where to put your energy mm-hmm. right? and yeah. what's, what's it going to be for you? Because it's going to be different for you than it is for me or for Mark or for anyone else. Right. Right. And we need that. Not only is that normal, but that's really, that's just from an ecological perspective, that's really important. You need a lot of different, different things doing, different organisms doing different jobs, filling different niches. Yeah. Strong ecosystems are diverse ecosystems. And so, you know, humans have the capacity for tremendous diversity, and that is a good thing Mm -hmm. because we're so adaptable and we have so many capacities. So thank you for, for inspiring a piece of writing for me last week. I really appreciate that, Yucca. Thank you. It was, I, I loved it. It was, it was really wonderful. Well, I'm glad. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners who we so appreciate. Be sure to drop us a line at the Wonder Podcast Cues at gmail.com. That's the Wonder Podcast, all one word, QS at gmail.com. If you have topic suggestions or comments or criticisms or questions or any of those kinds of mm-hmm. things, we welcome them. So thank you so much. And we'll see you um, next week. Be sure to check out those links that we mentioned at the beginning. Those will be in the show notes. So, yes. Thank you, everyone.